Well, Kim Jong-un, the peanut, has been at it again. <laughs> what? He's a total dickhead, that guy. He no, really is. <clears throat> Calling someone a peanut is one of the funniest insults I think you can it deliver. Is. Particularly when he's got nuclear weapons and I die. Calling anyway, them a Muppet or a peanut. Oh, I think he just is. sums people up. He's a peanut. Anyway, uh, it's about 7 a.m. our time this morning. Uh, Kim Jong-un and his half-wit mates uh, fired a missile out over the Sea of Japan but it actually crossed over Japanese territory, literally over the island of Hokkaido, which is the northern island there. Now, that sent off warning alarms at uh, in Japan, as you'd imagine. People were literally told to duck and cover. And uh, Shinzo Abe, who's the Japanese prime minister, uh, and I quite said, a most serious and grave ever threat to the country. This sort of stuff, we know that he's, he's an idiot and he likes to rattle the saber a little bit, but this stuff can actually trigger really serious consequences. So I've invited back on the air, as I always do when we need to talk about these things, uh, a great author of the book. Uh, he was on the show last week talking about the smack track, which I have absolutely smashed. That is a great book. Go out there and get there. Uh, but he's a defense expert and he joins me back on the line again for about the hundredth millionth time to talk about this. <laughs> Ian McFedrin, great to have you on the show, mate. Good day, Merrick. How are you? Very good. Uh, genuinely, the smack track, bloody awesome book. Have loved it. Oh, that's terrific, mate. I'm very glad to hear that. I'm, I'm glad for your feedback. It's uh, yeah, it's an interesting tale, I think. I hope people people will appreciate it. Sadly, it's made me a little bit uh, heroin and hashish curious after all the stories. <laughs> but, uh, mate, yeah. listen, let's talk about what's going on here. We saw that this, this test, this firing of a missile over uh, Japanese territory, and kind of in an international law sense, what does this mean, Ian? Because, I mean, you can't just go and fire test-firing missiles over other people's sovereign territory. No, no, you can't. And um, I think the, you know, you you really want to think that this was a mistake, that they were actually aiming somewhere else and it went the wrong way. But, you know, this guy is so, as you said, so crazy and so he's really upping the brinkmanship and you just can't go around. You know, there could have been any sort of consequences from this. OK, it's not going to be carrying a nuclear warhead as far as we know. But, you know, this thing could have landed on a town or a city mm. or you know, broke it up or any sort of consequences. And it's really very, very dangerous. And um, this is taking things really to a very, very provocative and dangerous part of the of the situation. And um, it's not good, mate. Now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that uh, since the Second World War, Japan has got a policy of defence and a non-aggression a non-aggression uh, non uh, treaty with, uh, I suppose, NATO and everybody else, which means that they can't actually attack anyone. But having said that, if they are attacked, they have the right to respond, as every other nation does. Now, they've got quite a significant armed forces too, the, the Japanese. Not many people really know about it. They've got a huge navy, and they've got quite yeah. sophisticated defences. If, if, if a bit of that rocket had uh, broken up, as you say, over Hokkaido and uh, there was the consequences where it hit a village or anything like that, is that enough to trigger the Japanese to respond in a military sense? I would have thought so. And I would have thought, you know, I know the first thing that Abe, the Japanese prime minister, did was call Trump because, you know, the, the Trump, the Japanese are unlikely to do anything without the green light from uh, from Washington, even though they're within their rights to do whatever they have to do to defend their own sovereign territory, of course. But, you know, it's what Washington does. It's what Trump does that really is the, the important thing here because, you know, the Japanese could respond and they could um, cause some damage to North Korea, but at the end of the day, you know, they wouldn't be able to, to, do, uh, to, to do the ultimate job, which is what something the Americans would have to do. Now, mm. it's really all this stuff, talking about this stuff makes me nervous because, you know, you can't imagine 
legend. I mean, I noticed that Donald, Donald Trump hasn't tweeted anything about that's, any of this yet, which makes exactly me right. really nervous. Well, that's, and, we said uh, that earlier, Ian. The fact that we haven't heard from Donald Trump, uh, he's such a prolific tweeter, the fact that he's gone dark, as it were, is a, a bit of a concern because, you know, it, like I say, if you look for a black hole, you don't look for what's there, you look for what's not there, and he's not currently online. Mm, no, that's right. And I, you know, have the generals got him in the bunker? Is he, is he you know, making some big decisions in Washington uh, about what, how to respond to this particular act? I don't know. Um, but um, all I know is that um, North Korea just needs to cease and desist because, um, you know, this is one step away from total disaster. And, uh, you know, this sort of nonsense, even though, even if it is just brinkmanship, it, it, it can end in disaster if something goes wrong. And, um, you know, this guy, if he sends one of these over towards Guam now, mm. then that'll be the end of it. But, you know, Trump will have no choice but to respond. Yeah, it's, it's very, very dangerous. What about the fact that, I mean, China... Surely, are they in a position now where they can? I know that they've put in trade sanctions, but is it literally the point where America might go to China and say, "Look, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to have to green light us on this guy because if we don't stop him, it's going to be yeah. cataclysmic." Do you think it will get to that point where they will essentially, even if it's just um, it's through a tacit agreement with America, that they will allow a strike? Well, that's possible. I mean, you know, the Americans and the Chinese are talking. I think um, Trump. And, um, you know, the Chinese Premier were quite, uh, have become quite close. They had pretty successful talks in Washington earlier in the year. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Washington wasn't on the phone to, to Beijing at the moment saying, well, listen, we're going to have to respond to this guy if he does anything really stupid. So uh, what uh, you might just have to get out of the way and uh, let us deal with it. I don't think Beijing would want to particularly get involved. I mean, mm. you know, it would be unlikely. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting because we have a naval task group that's heading up that way in the next few weeks into the South China Sea. And I know there's a few nervous um, Navy captains around at the moment hoping that, um, that uh, Kim Jong-un doesn't play bad. Mm. Yeah, because look, we could get involved as well, and that would be really, really terrible. Yeah, look, here's the thing: it's just if this kicks off, it's going to be either very, very dealt with very, very quickly by the Americans with an absolute sledgehammer, or it's going to be a very, very messy affair. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into, you know, the last thing anybody wants to see is a ground war. But, oh um, yeah, no, that'd be that'd be shocking. I mean, that would be millions of casualties, and it'd just be awful. So, yep. I just, you know, at the end of the day, no one really knows the answer here because we're in sort of new territory. We're in completely uncharted waters. So I just hope that um, crazy old Kim can pull his head in. Well, it's, I think that's what we're all hoping for because otherwise, otherwise it could be very, very dire. Ian crazy McKedron, old Kim makes him sound yeah. like a drunk uncle. Well, it could be better if it was if crazy old Kim the bloody peanut. That would be much, <laughs> yeah. much better because he is a bloody peanut. <laughs> Ian McFedrin, you're a terrific bloke and I always appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to me on the show. Uh, you can go out and get uh, Ian's new book, The Smack Track, uh, which is in all good bookstores now. Thanks very much for your time, Ian. Thanks, Merrick. See you, mate. Cheers.